Judy Fowler. There will be a Bible study following at 11 a.m. Anyone is welcome to both of those. At 6 p.m. this week, youth group is starting up again. Um, there will also be elementary games and crafts starting at 6. 6.30, Kairos meeting led by Tim and Kathy Pomp. Thursday, 7.30, uh, Zoom Bible study with Pastor Dean. Also upcoming, Carol and Tony Ruano will be here on Sunday, October 24th. There are missionaries from Guatemala. Hallelujah Night will be Wednesday, October 27th at 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. here at the church. There will be lots of games, treats, and prizes. I'm sure at this point, if you want to volunteer to help or bring candy, we will not turn it down. Uh, for giving your tithes and offerings, uh, you can send them by mail to Tenstrike Community Church, P.O. Box 67, Tenstrike, Minnesota, 56683, or give online at tenstrikechurch.com. Our TCC elders and deacons are considering Andrew Erholtz for the position of deacon. If you have input concerning this, please communicate with Pastor Steve, Pastor Dean, or Gus Shogren. A project I'm currently helping with is the floor at the bottom of the steps going down into the kids' area. If you have experience gluing down vinyl tile, talk to me after the service. This morning, we have the privilege of Gus Shogren sharing with us. Lord, we just uh, open our hearts to working through us today. Lord, we are a part of your work in our giving and in our receiving as our hearts are open to hear your word. Lord, we thank you that Gus is anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit to speak to us uh, for uh, this moment. Amen. Hallelujah. We just thank God this morning for his presence in this place. Oh, hallelujah. The glory of God came down. Did you receive it during worship this morning? It's like the rain that's coming down from heaven. You know, our faith was tested this summer. We thought it wasn't going to rain. Day after day. It got so dry. And those of us who have cattle and farms, crops in the field, but when God answers, oh, he answers abundantly. We just thank God for the rain. You know, some places in the country, they got rain, all right. 20 inches, 30 inches, 40 inches at a time. But here the rains have come soft. <laughs> soft and gentle. The Spirit of God is <laughs> the Spirit of God is here this morning. And when the Spirit comes, He comes to answer prayers. 
He comes to revive and to heal. <laughs> and we just need to open up our hearts to receive. Sometimes you just need to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I believe. And I receive. And sometimes it's hard to get to that place of believing. And then you have to wait and get to that place of receiving what God is doing. Jesus said, give and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall be poured into your bosom a blessing that you cannot receive because it's too big. We don't have faith to receive what he has for us. He just puts it so simple. Give. He doesn't even say who to. To the poor, to the widows, to the church, to those in need, wherever they are. He says, give. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot receive. He says, test me in this. And another scripture from the gospel, the words of Jesus. He says, do not. Do not store up your treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt and where thieves break in and steal. He says, store up your treasures in heaven where rust does not corrupt and thieves do not break in and steal. And so we ask ourselves sometimes, how do you store up your treasure in heaven? And I think we do it by giving, showing kindness and love. Love your neighbor as God loved us. I've been reading, whenever it rains, rain is nice because I have time to read. I've been reading these the last couple of days. And two of these books I read twice. Because as I was thinking about it, I thought I need to read that again. And so I read two of them twice. Fire on, Over Israel, written by Gerald Durstein. If you've never read it, it'll bless you. Tell you what's going on. In Israel, I have walked with a living God by Pat Robertson, 91 years old, and still going strong for Jesus. 
Glory to Glory, written by Sister Frances Clare. She prayed for me. I saw her in Bemidji years ago. Didn't know who she was at the time. Talking about God's glory. Catherine Kuhlman by Robert Slairdon. My Time in Heaven by Richard Sigmund. He used to minister with A.A. A. Allen. If you're not familiar with him. Great healing evangelist back in the days of Jack Cole. William Branham. Oral Roberts. And it tells the story of a car accident he had. The last words he heard on this earth, he said, were, he's dead. And the angels took him to heaven. And while he was there, and I, I don't have time to tell all that he did, all that he saw. But he saw houses up there under construction. Now, I want you to think about this this week. About people who are still on this earth. Remember, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Is it possible that he is building a house in heaven right now? But my question is this. Do they have anything to work with this week, this month, this year? Or has construction stopped on your house for lack of funds? Sometimes we say, well, I don't have anything to give. And that's when we need to give. Even if it's a seed. Remember the widow's mite. A seed God can use to bless you. And sometimes we forget to store up our treasures in heaven. And Richard Sigmund said, the greatest houses that he saw in heaven were those that belonged to missionaries and pastors and people who preached the word, people who laid down their lives for Christ. Hallelujah. So my challenge to you today is to meditate on this. Find this book and read it. Hallelujah. My journey to heaven, my Marvin Bestman, a banker of all things. His journey to heaven. Oh, hallelujah. The Spirit of God is here today. 
So open your hearts to receive the word that Pastor Deed has for us today. And just believe that with God all things are possible. And God wants to bless you. Not tomorrow. He wants to bless you today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Past week, I've been preaching a few times on the faith of Abraham, and I want to just uh, mention a couple of those thoughts and then go on, but it's been in my heart. And there is a faith, there is a righteousness that comes by faith that predates the law. And God has even from the days of Abraham was infusing this into the earth. It is his passion, it is his purpose that we experience this wonderful righteousness by faith that is not by works, but by surrender. So let me just read a couple of verses here out of Galatians chapter 3. This only I want to learn from you, the Apostle Paul is writing to the Galatians. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Then in verse 5, Therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? The hearing of faith. Interesting terminology that Paul uses here. And so faith here is in the genitive case. It shows possession. And so our faith possesses hearing. Our faith hears. Not only can we hear the words of God and catch the concepts of the kingdom, but our hearing also has the built-in capacity to believe and to receive these truths into our being and make them a living reality in our experience. Amen. So he first of all, he's writing to the Galatians and then he begins to talk about our father, Abraham, the father of faith. And so he was the one that was instituting this kind of a hearing of faith. And he laid the groundwork for that to be in the earth. And I love the few verses later, Paul says, he he says, Abraham, the believer. It's, It's used in this wonderful section. You know, what what a marvelous description that God would put upon Abraham, the believer. Every time God was aware of Abraham, he thought, the believer. That's what he saw. Abraham, the believer. 
Wouldn't it be great to have that tattooed on our foreheads by God? Everywhere we went, we were proclaiming that we were the believer in Jesus Christ. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. There was something about the voice of God that came to Abraham that drew his heart into the depths of eternal grace, into the depths beyond what his mind could comprehend. He believed the word of God, but he was also, you know, the words that came to him had to do with his life and his descendants and things, but yet he also received Christ in a measure. He received Christ beforehand. And I don't think he had all the understanding of the, of the, of the works of, of how Jesus would come and die and be raised again. But his faith was so strong that he could, he, he just gave himself completely to all of God's ways and all of his kingdom. And he received Christ in a measure. And in Romans 4, 5, it says, But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Wow. And so God looked at Abraham, and he saw the condition of his heart, and he he realized that it was so strong that he was embracing the eternal word when he received the prophetic word that came to him, he was also receiving Jesus. And it was credit to him as righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness before God. There is a righteousness that is by faith that God has destined for us. Adam Clark, in this, commenting on this verse, the faith which Abraham exercised was that his posterity should be like the stars of heaven in number. This promise was made to him when he had no child and no course, and of course when he had no prospect of such a posterity. The reason why it was coming to him for righteousness was that it was such a strong, direct, unwavering act of confidence in the promise of God. The reason that it was considered or viewed as righteousness was that it was a strong, direct, and unwavering act of confidence in the promise of God. The Spirit of God is calling us to this kind of a trust and a faith in Jesus Christ. Sometimes we, we think of faith having to do with the promises and what is, you know, the things for this life and the things that God is giving us. But underneath it, it is a faith in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. In Romans 4.19, in the Passion Translation, 
in spite of being nearly 100 years old when the promise of having a son was made, his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. His faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the conditions of the world. This is what God is bringing into our heart because we have an undying, unrelenting, uncompromised faith in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is alive. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He ever lives for us. We are perfect forever through his death and resurrection. In Romans 4.20, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. So I just today I just want to look just for a few moments at what was it about Abraham's heart that gave him the ability to have this kind of faith? What was it about his heart that allowed this faith to develop? You know, he had no books to read that we know of about these things. These are things he just caught from, from heaven. He caught from the hand of God. Romans 4.1 What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found he was a man like, like us. He was, he was just a person on the earth. But he found something. He found a faith that brought about righteousness. And that flavor of faith, I take it, had not been seen on the earth before. He became the father of faith. But there was something about his heart that allowed this faith to develop. Let's go to Luke 8. I just want to look at a couple of things that I'll suggest here that could be part of what Abraham allowed the Holy Spirit to do in his life. And we, we see the progression of his life as he left his father's house and he traveled. You know, he just went where God was telling him to go. But in Luke 8.15, again in the Passion Translation, the seed that fell into good fertile soil represents those lovers of truth who hear it deep within their hearts. They respond by clinging to the word, keeping it dear as they endure all things in faith. This is the seed that will one day bear much fruit in their lives. And so Jesus, you know, here in Luke, he's giving us the, the, uh, 
the parable of the sower and how he is describing its meaning. And so being the good ground represents those who are lovers of truth. Lovers of truth. We're not so sectarian that all we want to do is hear what we want to hear. You have a heart for the truth? I just want the truth. I just want the truth. Aren't you glad that the spirit of truth has been sent into our heart to lead us and to guide us into all truth? God wants us personally to know the truth. And the Holy Spirit puts within us a passion for the truth. I don't want to just believe what will make me acceptable to others or will make me part of a club or something. I, I have to know the truth. Jesus said the truth will set you free. The truth of God will bring about his dynamic life manifest in us, through us, for us. And so we begin to renew our minds and heart in God's written word. It is alive, it is truth. It opens our heart to deep understanding of God's ways. And when we have that foundation of the written word, then God will take upon that foundation and bring revelation to us and just take us from glory to glory to glory. Let me just read Psalm 119. And, you know, some of this has to do with our choice that we choose to love the Word of God. We choose to embrace it. Psalm 119, 159. Lord, see how much I truly love your instructions. So in your tender kindness, breathe life into me again. Wow. The Word of God breathes life into us. Those that wrote, the, wrote down the scriptures, they were moved along by the breath of God. And it still breathes life into us. 160, the sum total of all your words add up to absolute truth. The sum total of all your words adds up to absolute truth. And so we keep studying and studying and studying and meditating. The sum total of all those words gives us absolute truth of the ways of God, the heart of God. Jesus said we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. Every one of your righteous decrees is everlasting. Jesus said in John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so the revelations of the Spirit that lead us into truth always come through and point to Jesus Christ. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. And there's a, you know, there's always been challenges about that truth and trying to accept other ways, trying to be, you know, open-hearted or something, but it still stands strong. There's no other way. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Abraham was a lover of truth. God visited him. He caught a glimpse of God as being the one that gives life to dead things. And he, you know, in reference to his body and Sarah's womb, he believed that God was the one who gives life to dead things. He caught that from fellowship with God. He, get, he got to know his character. If we want our hearts to be open to, you know, experience the depths of this righteousness, that is by faith, we need to be a lover of truth. It focuses us, it focuses us in Jesus' name. Matthew 13, 44 The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid again and from joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. The Holy Spirit illumines our heart. It becomes a treasure to us. I remember back in the 70s, you know, I, I was saved in 72 and I started really studying the word and things and every old Bible I had Ephesians 4, you could just see my finger stains all over it because I read that hundreds of times. I kept being drawn to Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4. And I was, I, I was digging for truth. The Holy Spirit just had me digging. And after probably a year or more, I was just reading that over and over and over again. You know, not the only thing I read, but over and over again, it hit me. A revelation hit me. He's talking about unity in the body of Christ. The attitudes of unity, the facts of unity, the, you know, the, the ministries that God gives to build unity and the united body working together and how it is so efficient. It became a real, you know, I dug it out of the word and then I I, I got a new New American Standard Bible and it had right in the heading over the chapter unity in the body of Christ. <laughs> but it's good when you dig, you dig and dig and dig and meditate and seek God. Truth becomes real and alive within you. Amen. And you know, can't you just see Abraham? He's meditating on some of these flashes of insight he had. He's digging and digging. And again, you know, 
keeping it dear as they endure all things in faith. And so there's so many things that will try to attack this development of our heart, but we hold the word of God as a treasure. Amen. Let's go to Isaiah 12, too. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. Therefore, you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation. Amen. Joyously draw waters from the from the springs of salvation. Amen. And again, you know, this is the This is the seed that will one day bear much fruit in their lives. And so there needs to be a a pure heart. Abraham's heart was pure. It wasn't divided. He was seeking after God. He accepted God's truth. And, you know, as we just set our, the course of our life in the purity of seeking him, no hidden agenda, no motivations that are questionable. You know, and you, when you live with yourself long enough, you begin to recognize some things that God wants to transform. You know, I've lived by faith for so many years, and... Didn't have any set income. I remember one time I woke up in the middle, woke up in the middle of the night, the early morning. I was laying there and I thought, "How do I make a living? <laughs> I don't know." <laughs> but yet, as as you walk that out, sometimes you know, you're talking to somebody and you're there are people that you love and they love you. And you're just expressing, would you pray about this financial need or that one? And then immediately you find they're giving you money. That's not what I wanted. I just wanted you to pray with me. And sometimes you feel like people are thinking you're trying to manipulate money or something. We have to guard our hearts that we do not allow our words to try to manipulate others to act on our behalf. That's not faith. Amen. I kept their money anyway. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let me just close here with Isaiah or Psalm 24. And so, 
you know, it, I'll, I'll read later on and I'll go back to the beginning. But who is the Lord of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Yes, lift them up, you age-abiding doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Lift up your heads. Let him see your face. Meet him eye to eye. Let him examine and see the purity of your heart the truth about your motivations. Let him transform those motivations to become more and more in his attitude. We don't want to just run around the earth playing religion. We need face-to-face encounter with the Almighty. Listen to what he says in verse 3 here, the psalmist. Who shall go up into the mountain of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted himself up to vanity or falsehood or to what is false or sworn deceitfully. There has to be a clearness of our heart, intention, purpose, will, a, you know, a, a cleanness in how we deal with people, how we function in this world. We're not looking to flatter or, or to motivate people through flattery. Paul said we've never used flattery for that purpose, never, not even once. If we want to have a, a, a strong righteousness that is by faith, these intents of our heart must be dealt with and allowing God to transform us. One way that I did it, and I mention this often, but I confess 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, twice a day for five years. I am patient, I am kind, I'm not envious or boastful or proud. It wasn't true about who I was at the moment, as far as in myself, but I was setting my heart to become the love of God, in line with the love of God. Seek to acquire this love, make it your great aim, your great quest. Go after it. I want my, when my head is lifted up, my face is one-on-one with God. I want him to see a pureness of desire as I press into him. And this morning as we were worshiping, we could sense some of that face-to-face encounter. Hallelujah. In verse 5, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, who inquire of, of and for him, and of necessity require him. 
who seek your face, O God. And then lift up your heads. He who has clean hands, a pure heart, has not lifted himself up to falsehood. There's a lot of different reasons that people may twist the truth or bend the truth or not be totally forthcoming. A lot of it has to do with fear. Let's break that off this morning. If that's something that you've dealt with and you heard yourself kind of giving the half a truth, protect yourself or you're not able to bring out the whole truth, God wants to set you free from the fear of man or the fear of lack, or whatever it is that you might be dealing with. Let's just lift up a hand to the Lord today. Father, I thank you that you desire truth in the inner parts. I thank you, Lord God, that you have come and you have transformed our life. And as we confess our sin to you, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, in any area where we have had a struggle with lying or half-truth or deception, in Jesus' name, I break that power over that. It can be an addiction over that life now, in Jesus' name. And I ask that your Holy Spirit would come in and heal those wounds and hurts and the rejections where, they, where people would not feel like they have to save themselves. Father, bring resurrection life, newness of motivation, newness, Lord, of responses to things. Wisdom, Lord, as how to, how to respond. I thank you for your glory in your life now, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so God is desiring for us to be those that are full of the hearing of faith, where those words of God just come and explode in our heart. They bring a fresh revelation, a living faith. He's provided it for us. We can, we can experience it in Jesus' name. Amen. So can we turn off the live we have a letter we're going to read, just not online, but just to us, though. So. Want me to read it? Yeah. Are we off? Need a confirmation that the live is cut. <laughs>